This is Amin Al-Gamal from Prison Break, and you're listening to Next Level. Hey, this is Lucky Yates. Hey there, this is Jimmy Simpson. Hello, this is Brad Sherwood. Hi, this is Claire Coffey. This is Andy Daly. Hey there, this is Kevin Durant. Hi, I'm Chris Barnell. Hey, this is TJ Fines. Hey y'all, this is David Hoffman. You are listening to Next Level Radio. Have fun. It's time for the Showcast. And now, here they are, those pop culture junkies and your hosts, Ben Beck. Adam Gorey and Steve Richards. Hey, and welcome into the latest episode of the Showcast. I don't remember what episode number it is. I will check for the next one, I promise. But uh, <laughs> Ben and I are here. As you heard in the intro, Steve is off for this uh, for this episode. I think he's going to be on the next one with Ben. But anyway. Uh, before we actually before we bring on our guests, I want to remind you to check out nextleverradioonline.com and, and facebook.com backslash nextleverradioonline. But uh, I want to bring in our, our guest here. Uh, he's here to talk about both uh, a new movie he's in called Namor, and then also he's going to be, Ben and I are really excited for this, he's going to be in the uh, new uh, prison break that Fox is bringing back in April, uh, which is really exciting. He plays a, a character called Cyclops. He is Amin El Gamal. Amin, thanks for joining us, man. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, so I, I actually want to start. We'll start off with Prison Break. I do want to leave some time at the end for Namor because um, I know that's coming out soon. I think um, next Friday, or yeah, next Friday, uh, or no, sorry, next Wednesday. Um, but as far as Prison Break goes, where where does that kind of pick up compared to the original? Does it pick up like shortly after, or is it like many years later, kind of like in real life here? So, so it picks up in real time. So the last time that you saw the Schofield brothers um, was about eight years ago, and it picks up eight years later. So it doesn't it doesn't pick up right where it ended. It picks up now. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, your character Cyclops. Tell us a little bit about him, because that's an interesting name. First off. Yeah, I mean, he actually has another name. I don't want to spoil too much. He has like a real person name. <laughs> um, he actually has a name that he has a name, and then he has a name that he's renamed himself for reasons that I can't really okay. give without spoiling it. <laughs> um, but he's he's sort of known in, in the world of the in the world of the show as Cyclops, and um, the the limited series is loosely based on the Odyssey, Homer's The Odyssey. So. You can kind of get a good idea of the kind of role that Cyclops will be playing in the narrative <laughs> from that. <laughs> um, he, what I can say is he, he is, in a lot of ways, the kind of person that a lot of people will dismiss as um, sort of evil or a bad kind of person. And I, I think, I hope that even though he is villainous and provides many obstacles to our heroes that I was able to bring some nuance and some texture and some humanity to that kind of to that kind of role. Um, yeah, it, that's it, about all I can say in terms of what he does. <laughs> it's uh, were, you, were you a fan of the of the show during the original run? I 
actually did not. I had I did not watch the show originally, which is embarrassing. Okay, <laughs> um, but I, I caught up very quickly thanks to Netflix. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those shows that and has. I, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just I was really struck at how how well it held up and how I feel like in the time when it was first coming out, TV wasn't really made in such a cinematic way. And I feel like Prison Break is one of the first shows to kind of do that, to start that trend where TV was becoming more um, higher in production value and a little bit darker and edgier. I think yeah. it sort of helped start that trend, I think. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I know like Lost is another one of those shows that was kind of similar to that, that it, it you know, the cinematic uh, shooting style of it, you know, almost like a mini movie every week was the way you know the the film the, the show totally. came across and the original prison break was the same way and you had mentioned it you know it's a show that still holds up it's a show that i myself have gone back and rewatched uh numerous times that i'm in the process mm-hmm. of doing so now with the new season starting up and uh, i've actually i've actually had the chance to screen the first episode of this new season uh and it's already off to what <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh, we got you know, some connections with Fox. Thank, yeah, thanks to Fox. It, it you know, it, it's told... I, yeah, I don't come in for the second episode. So yeah, that's what that's what I, was, I don't think so. That's what I was going to say because I don't remember. Yeah. I didn't see you. Unless in the... they, uh... yeah, I'm not in the first one. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, my character comes in in the second episode, then kind of has an arc that continues, kind of until about a little bit past halfway through um, the the series. But I mean, yeah, you mentioned too you, with uh, you know the character of Cyclops could be a little villainous, and he kind of gets in the way of you know Michael and and in what they're trying to accomplish. But the show is good at doing things like that because even in the first run of the show, you know, you had characters like T Bag and and such who were, were kind of the totally. same way, very villainous, but you kind of rooted for them yeah. at certain times throughout the show. Yeah, I'm not sure if people will root for me or not. I mean, it's hard to say. <laughs> I haven't really seen the final cut of my episodes. But, but yeah, that is another thing I really appreciated about the show, is there's good people who do bad things, and bad people who do good things, and then it becomes, like, morality becomes almost, like, deconstructed. It's almost like not, you can't really judge a person anymore because you sort of understand their point of view, even when they're doing something horrible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, T-Bag is one of the most beloved characters on that show, and he's, like, he's odious. You know, he does awful things. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but he has a very, I mean, he has a very loyal fan base. So I think that's what's really kind of cool to me is that to get that sort of complexity on a, on a broadcast show is really exciting. And I, hope, and I hope that my character lives up to that. I did a lot, of, um, a lot of prep work and a lot of research and a lot of training to sort of get to the point where I hope he, he's not just another brown guy who's showing up, you know, yeah. and being crazy, <laughs> you know. Um, was it fun? Yeah, was it fun playing, um, you know, playing against Wentworth Miller in that sense, you know, almost like that villainous tone that your character has? Yeah, it was really fun because he he and I are, are strangely similar personality-wise. I didn't know him before I worked on the show. But I was sort of like, oh, this is another tall, <laughs> kind of lanky, <laughs> sort of introverted, brainy sort of type of person, which I didn't really expect, I guess. 
Um, I guess I should have, but I didn't really. Um, so it was it was fun. It was fun, sort of like playing off of his energy and and trying to find my character in relation to him. And also, I mean, he's an out gay actor, and I'm an out gay actor, and neither of us were playing gay people on the show. So it was in, in that regard, it was a very it was very special to to be working with someone who, you know, in a lot of ways blazed the trail and showed people, you know, it doesn't matter what the sexuality of the actor is, they can really play any kind of character. Yeah. You know, just like, just like straight people can. So that was really special. Um, we, I, I worked with him a bit physically. I just don't want to give stuff away. We have, we had some, we have, we have some um, physical interactions <laughs> in the show. <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to give anything away. We'll we'll make sure uh make sure we watch it at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we we have um my character doesn't really interact with I'm sort of in a parallel subplot for a while and then we sort of intersect and we sort of have a showdown at a certain point. Um okay. so I got to spend a lot of time with him in especially in Morocco, kind of in the middle of the desert, <laughs> where it was very hot. We were both covered in sand. Um, <laughs> and we would play these, like, really silly word games in between beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Do you... Does, 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 helps pass the time. So it was... Uh, the Cyclops more uh, without without spoiling anything and giving anything away, do you play more against Dominic Purcell or Wentworth Miller? I would say both. I interact first with, with Dom. Okay. I, I mean, the first the first episode, I don't interact with either of them. The second one I'm in, um, I do interact with Dom. And then it becomes about... Um, and then I have a little bit more time with, with Wattworth. Okay. Yeah. It was... Uh, <laughs> I'm just kind of curious, was the first time you met Dominic Purcell? He's a, he's a pretty large dude. Was that kind of intimidating? I Because I think if I ever met him, I would yeah. be a little bit... Intimidated. It was unfortunately it was like my first day working, and we shot the show in Vancouver and in Morocco. So it was my first day in Vancouver, and it was a very long day. And I, I don't think I totally had found the character yet, and it was a very difficult scene that I was doing, subject matter wise. And there was I had a fight with Dom, and I'd never even met him, but no one told me how to fight. <laughs> and so, and I'm pretty skinny. I'm pretty like a puny person. Um, he's very silent, and I was sitting next to him in kind of like the actor holding area, and he was like smoking a cigarette, which I don't think he was supposed to do in that area. Um, <laughs> and he, I just was kept, I kept like asking him questions, you know, trying to get to know him better. And he's really a nice guy, but you think that he hates you when you first meet him? Can't be bothered to have but a positive towards anyone. But he's actually like a big softy and he's really sweet. Um, I I don't know if you guys heard about this, but in Morocco, um, there was a pretty scary accident that happened, maybe like two-thirds of our time there, um, where there was like something like a ton of metal from one of the sets fell on Dominic. And he broke his nose and like had to be 
helicoptered out into a, a bigger city to get plastic surgery, and it was oh, really wow. scary. And I remember the doctor telling him uh, if he hadn't been so, like, muscly and, like, developed on his back that it could have snapped his neck. Oh, wow. And it wow. could have been fatal. So that was really terrifying. Holy crap. So I would make fun of him and sort of <laughs> whatever, but then after that happened, like, he he took it so well. He took it with, in such good spirits. He was just so grateful that he was still alive. And I think that really showed a lot about his character. He's a really he's a really good guy and a strong guy. Yeah. Even though he seems grumpy and he seems like he's too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an incredible story. I didn't uh, I didn't hear about that, but um, I think it was it, in it was it was in some of the they there were some articles about it. I don't even remember like in some trade magazines, like Variety or something. Well, we're, um, we're, we're definitely we're excited. Really we weren't sure if we would be able to continue shooting. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. But, I mean, we're definitely excited to for that to come back. And like I said, it's April 4th uh, on Fox at 9, 8 Central. Now, switching gears a little bit, before that, um, before that, you have a birthday, so happy birthday coming up. But even before that... Even before that, oh, the internet... Internet's a wonderful thing, my friend. <laughs> uh, but coming up, <laughs> that, that is true. But coming out next week, you have uh, Namora's coming out, which is a pretty critically acclaimed uh, indie film. Yeah. So tell us a little bit uh, about that and what um, what viewers can expect expect when they go see it. So Namor is a is a very low budget film that was written and directed by Heidi Simon, who's an Egyptian American. Um, filmmaker, and also, she also produces radio. Um, she produces the show, she's one of the producers on the show Fresh Air at NPR. That's sort of her day job. Um, and it's, it's sort of about, it takes place during the recession, and it's, and it's sort of about, like, when you, when you feel like life is passing you by. So the main character is a college student who's, he, he just finished college, and he comes home, and he he doesn't seem to be able to find a job, and he doesn't really know who he is, and he's, he's struggling financially, and he's working in a, at a valet um, in Los Angeles. And something that's really cool about the film, one of the many things that's cool about it, is it uses L.A. in this very sort of moody, um, kind of exciting way. Like the, like the city is very much a character, sort of cliche to say that. Like everyone says that, but this really feels like the city is this is this sort of very moody and intense character in the film that's both both really bright and fun, but also sort of oppressive. Um, and another really cool thing is that a lot of most of the characters are Arab American, and it's really unusual that you get you get I that I've seen a film or a script sent to me where there's a character who's Arab and American, and it's not, you know, related to terrorism or the CIA or, you know, they're not victims and they're not, like, villains. They're just sort of normal people, which I think is really important. I think that representation really matters and is really powerful. And being able Absolutely. to see, like, your fellow citizens that might be different from you in some way in this sort of normalizing and sort of centered way I think is really powerful. Um... The film was acquired by Array, which is Ava Duvernay's company, so it's being distributed in select theaters 
and on Netflix on Wednesday, um, March 15th. Um, and it was very exciting to be able to, as an Egyptian-American also, to be able to work with someone who has a sort of similar point of view as me. It just doesn't happen very often. So yeah, right. I'm really excited. My part is fairly small, but it's fun. I play this sort of like, I play one of the, the main characters, sort of deadbeat friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it, it's like you said, too. And so, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a bit artsy and a bit... Um, moody in a way but but I think it's a really cool I think it's a really cool film and I'm super proud to have been a part of it yeah I mean it, it's like you said too it, it's a good kind of way to you know to break away from the stereotype and almost not fall into like a type of typecasting at the same time exactly exactly so, uh, so but... I, I sort of flirt with typecasting in Prison Break and I and I did I think the writer's worked really hard and I worked really hard to try to see if we can make this character more than that and I'm, I'm really curious to see how how it plays yeah so um, I know we're, we're, we're running short on time with you too but I want to dive into your background for for just a quick second before we let you go you know we, we've talked about prison break which is yeah. television and Namor, which is film I know you started at a relatively very young age too and you do a lot of theater what, what did you start with did you did you mm-hmm. when you were interested did you want to get into theater was it film was it television what was your your goal when you got into acting well I've only been acting professionally for for about five years. I went to grad school at USC for my master's in fine arts, and then after that, that's sort of when I really began pursuing it professionally. Before then, it was always sort of a hobby or something I kind of did on the side, even if it was a professional thing. Um, I, until probably grad school where I was in L.A., I always thought I would be a theater person. I always thought theater was sort of the one thing I would be doing. I had no interest at all in film and television. <laughs> uh, sort of until I was kind of steeped in that world while I was in grad school for three years. And then also began to understand the realities of what it means to be an actor. And practically, it's very difficult to make a living only doing theater. It's not impossible, but it's very hard. Um, so I and I and I didn't know what where I was going. You know, I mean, even I, I I had always been acting in some way, but my parents early on were not super supportive. You know, they really encouraged me to to try something else, and I'm glad they did because I developed a lot of skills. And I, you know, as an actor, you can't just be a blank slate. You need to have life experience and knowledge of different things and to be curious. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. Um, but, so I didn't really decide that I wanted to be an actor until probably the end of college. And I sort of figured, I was like, it's really difficult to get into grad school, but if I get in, sure, I'll do it. If not, I'll do something else. So it's always kind of been my approach. Um, and remarkably, I got into two, and so I went straight from my undergrad to grad school. And then again, after grad school, I was like, I don't know, maybe I should move to New York. I don't really know. Um, and and pretty early on, like within the first maybe four or five months after I graduated, I got a really great part. Um, uh, a guest just one episode on a TV show, but it was an amazing part. And I was sort of like, this must be a sign. I guess I should be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> 
So even though I've been acting for a while, and I've been, I was always putting on plays, like in my parents' shed, and like harassing my brothers into being in the plays, and <laughs> sort of like crazy, crazy director child. Um, I didn't really pursue it professionally until like relatively late. So I'd already finished grad school, so I was 25 when I started, um, and. I don't know. I went in from being very disdainful about LA and the film and TV to, you know, now working primarily in TV and mm-hmm. film yeah. and doing a play maybe like once a year. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, I mean, um, you know, you mentioned going to grad school, getting your master's. So, I mean, a lot of people could just stop at the bachelor's and, but you went to your master's. So I'm kind of curious, um, you know, do you have any plans to, was that kind of in, in mind of, of going beyond acting, like directing, writing, producing, that kind of stuff? Well, so my undergrad was not, I, I got a, it was a very small drama department, and I got a lot of practical experience. Like, I, I was in, like, 30 plays or something crazy. So, like, you definitely learn that way. But in terms of, like, having an institution, it wasn't particularly strong. Um, so I, I really kind of wanted this place where I could have some concentrated attention on me and to be really pushed and challenged. So that's why I chose to go to grad school. And then acting in an MFA is sort of like the terminal degree. You can't really get a PhD in acting. Um, and it was kind of exclusively in, in acting. But that said, I, I, I am interested in writing. I've done a little bit, and I'm starting to... I'm beginning to get a bit frustrated even though I'm reaching a different point in my career, I'm getting a little bit frustrated with the kind of roles that are available to me. I'm always sort of like, oh, it's this again. You know, either it's like this, you know, Arab guy wielding a machine gun and screaming, or it's right. the Arab guy who's like fainted and like, you know, and neither one, either like having someone be super evil or super good is not particularly interesting to play. Or it's like a CIA operative. You know, I begin to get a little bit like, oh, this again. And it'd be really fun to do something that's a little bit more true to my own experiences. And I don't think anyone's going to really write that, except me. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to um, begin to figure out how to approach that. Cool. Excellent. Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, we'll uh, we'll be looking forward to Namor, which actually, like you said, comes out uh, the 15th in select theaters and on Netflix, which is uh, a big help, I'm sure. And then... Prison Break comes out um, April 4th, 98 Central on Fox. You can be followed at, uh, on Twitter at Amin El Gamal, which is pretty easy to remember. Um, so, Amin, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be sure to, to watch uh, Prison Break when it comes out and more and, and hopefully have you on uh, down the line again for, for more, for more uh, projects you're doing. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you so, so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed talking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and thank you, everybody, for listening to, to this episode of the Showcast. Again, we'll have another one coming up for you real soon. Uh, Facebook.com backslash Next Level Radio. Twitter is at NXT Level Radio. And then uh, Next Level Radio Online.com. But until then, I am Adam, he is Ben, and Amin as well. We bid you farewell, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>